0: So, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 9, and we're going to start there. Actually, you know what? Um, It's going to be definitely a continuation of what we were talking about last week, which is the standing and state of the believer or of the saved. But last week, we talked about the image of God versus the image of Adam. And um, it's... I want to say today is going to be sort of like we're going to be jumping around uh, different topics with the next few minutes that we have left. Uh, so we're going to be talking about um, Adam and Eve when they were in the garden, and then we're going to talk about the continuation of what we were talking about yesterday, or last week, about the standing and state of the believer. And then it's all going to go downhill from there. <laughs> so buckle your seatbelts. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, I guess when, when I was just writing the notes and putting it together, um, I sort of didn't know how to tie everything together. So kind of just bear with me. And then, and then we'll go from there. Let, so before that, let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Uh, Lord we thank you Lord for your words and we thank you that where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty and so what we feast from your word on you know what what we feast on from your word and what we learn what we preach about what we study from this pulpit in this church isn't dictated by uh, another man it's hopefully, by the grace of the living God, dictated by the Holy Ghost through His Word. And so when, just like in the Bible, when we give the Word of God free course, then where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Um, So I guess what I'm saying, dear Father, is help us to just be true to Your words, to believe it, and to apply it. Not everything that we listen, not not everything that we learn is going to be something that's sweet. Sometimes there's something that's hard to accept or hard to understand, but we do just depend on you to put things together and help us to know how to apply these in our our lives, in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I think uh, you're going to understand why my prayer, why that was my prayer when When we go uh, through our messages, message over here. All right, everyone have a good week. Amen. All right. Uh, Didn't have to plow snow, right? So praise God. All right. Standing in state of the saved part two. But before we go there, let's talk about what we talked about last week. And that is uh, the image of God and the image of Adam. I guess I need to turn myself on here. All right, so review from the image of God versus the image of Adam. Number one, God created Adam in his own image, right? And so like we talked about last week, every word is important, and we're going to dive deep into that more right now. In his own image, that word own is important because when Adam sinned, fell into sin, and everyone after that was born in whose own image? Adam's own image, which means everyone had a body, everyone had a soul, everyone had a spirit, but their spirit was dead. They're dead spiritually. So because of that, before salvation, no matter what religious thing we do, or no matter what kind of work of righteousness we do, it, does it count or no? It does not count because it is done in Adam. So God had to make a way. Upon salvation, we are placed in Christ. Christ. Our blank starts with an S. Upon and after salvation is in Christ. So God sees the image of Christ, even if we are in the world, or sorry, even if we or the world do not see it. Our standing. Our standing upon and after salvation is in Christ. Right, And last but not the least, but we will bear the image of Christ upon the adoption or the redemption of our bodies during the catching away, aka, also known as the, starts with an R, rapture. the rapture. All right. Thank you very much. And I think you, you know why I'm trying to do review. So we know, we're just, just hashing it out in our mind. Repetition is the teacher's best friend. Amen. All right. So, um, Let's go, last week, we talked about, uh, we talked about, we were going to discuss today was the question, was Adam and Eve, were they really naked before they fell into sin? All right, so, of course, the answer is yes because that's what the Bible says, right? All right, so, let's go there, shall we? But before that, Let's look, about, let's look at these pesky yees and these and thine's. Those pesky words, those are old words. Why do you have to talk about that, Brother Francis? Why do you have to dive deep into that? Well, have you come across that? Do you, when you read that in the Bible, do you wonder, what's, what's the difference? Or do you just, oh, those are hard words. Let's jump over that. <laughs> right? But they're in the Bible, and if God says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, then these words are important as well. They're there for a reason. So I'm not going to dive deep into that, but except for the fact that here's an easy way to remember. If it starts with a T, of course, there's second, second person. That means you're talking to somebody. First person, you're talking about yourself. Second person, you're talking to somebody. Third person, you're talking about, about somebody, right? Is that pretty easy to understand? That's pretty self-explanatory, all right? So what we're talking about over here is just all second person uh, pronouns. The easiest way to remember that is if it starts with a T, it's singular. See that? That's why they're underlined. If it starts with a Y, it's plural. It's talking to a lot of people, all right? So, I'll give you an example from the Bible. Remember this verse? The Bible says, "Who's, who's the Lord Jesus Christ talking to here? A fellow by the name of Nicodemus, right? John chapter number three, verse seven. This is probably one of the first memory verses that I learned as a child. John 3, seven, marvel not that I I said unto thee, ye must be born again. So the Lord Jesus Christ was talking to a singular, to one person, Nicodemus. Marvel not, Jesus Christ said, I say unto thee. And then he switches pronouns from singular to plural. I'm talking to you, Nicodemus, thee but ye, y'all. Oh, well, he was in Southern, Southern, was he? Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. So I'm using that as a, as a uh, jumping board about, you know, to talk about Adam and Eve here. But before that, let me ask you a question about Adam and Eve. Where was Adam when Eve was being tempted. I've heard a preacher say before, Brother, brother Bill, a preacher told me, or said uh, to the pulpit, you know, Adam was probably fishing and wasn't taking care of his wife. That's why she fell into sin. <laughs> I'm serious. He actually said that. So, you know, and then, so I had to think about it. I was like, is, is that true? So I... I Pose the question over to you. Where was Adam when Eve was tempted? Well, let's let we don't have to guess or, or come up with anything. Let's just let the Bible say what it has to say, amen. Let's let just let the Bible answer the question. You ready? You there? Genesis chapter number three, verse one to two. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, who is speaking? The serpent or Satan. Who is he speaking to? The woman, right? All right, to Eve. Yea, hath God said, it's interesting, however, that Satan was not using a singular pronoun. He was using a plural pronoun. As if he was talking to more than one person. Yea, hath God said, ye, plural, shall not eat of the fruit, Every, uh, uh, eat of every tree in the garden. Um, and the woman, now who's speaking? The woman, Eve, said unto the serpent, I may eat. No, it says we. It's plural again, isn't it? We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Genesis, next verse, ver, uh, chapter three, verse three. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God had said ye, again, plural, uh, shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye, plural, touch it, lest ye, plural, die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. So if the serpent was only talking to one person, who is Eve, the woman, then why have they been talking back and forth with two, with singular pronouns, as if they were talking? There was more than just the two of them in there. Verse number five. For God doth not that know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your start with a Y, singular, plural, plural. Man, that's a hard word to say, isn't it? Plural. Say that ten times, pretty fast. Plural. All right. Then your plural eyes shall be open, and ye plural shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a reason why I'm saying that. We'll go back to that later on. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof. Where was Adam? Was he fishing? And did eat and gave also unto her husband. Where was he? He was standing right next to her when all this was happening. I don't know about you, that was that learning that part was exciting to me. (laughs) You know what that means? Adam, you're not even protecting your family from the devil. Hello. Well, two lessons can be learned from this. Then we'll go forward. Number one, and praise God that you mentioned something about this earlier, Brother Bill. You said uh, deep waters or tall grass. Number one, when the waters are shallow, the fishing is bad. Right? Right? <laughs> Didn't Jesus say, launch out into the deep? Didn't he say that to his disciples? Why? If you want to catch the good fish, it's going to be out there in the deep. Meaning, if you want to learn the deep doctrines, it's out there in the deep. Amen. Number two, when we don't understand or even agree with God's words, the answer is not a rewrite of God's words. The answer is a reread, a re pray, a re study, or a re believe. Do you get that? Let me say that again. When, you don't, when we don't understand or even agree with God's words, the answer is not a rewrite of God's words to a more palatable Bible, to a Bible that uh, uh, reaches out to the young people. If the Bible is true back then, it's still true today. You don't have to water it down, Amen. Praise God. The answer is a reread, a re-study, a re pray, or a re believe. See, that's the problem. And well, we'll just we, we can't we can't just let the teachings, the preachings of the Word of God, kind of. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) You know, it's not my job to comment on what's going on in the world, in our country today, meaning the politics of it. I don't really want to. It's my job, however, to teach everyone that's listening or who will learn how to react to it. How to, how to navigate through it by obeying God's words. Amen? Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I don't think that, I think that that's not something that you get from many churches these days. I'm not saying we're the best church in the world. I'm just saying by the grace of God, that's what our job is. We don't need to rewrite the Word of God. And the problem is, because Christendom as a whole has always tried to trample on God's words, that's the reason why the country is also trampling on the Constitution. Is that, is that true? Amen. Right? Meaning... If we want the best way to get people to put value back into the constitution of our country again. The best way to do that is to make sure that we are upholding the word of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. We can't expect people to give value, to put value into uh, into that document if we are not putting value here. I'm just gonna put it there and then you do with it whatever you want to do with it. Praise God. Whew, that was hard. (laughs) So last week, we mentioned, like we said earlier, we were gonna talk about what Adam and Eve wore before they fell to sin, which is the continuation of this verse over here. And the eyes of them both were opened after they fell into sin and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. By the way, if we finish this, there's going to, if praise God. If not, there's going to be a part three three next week. Why not? Amen? Amen. (laughs) All right. So what did they, some questions about Genesis chapter number three, verse seven. Number one, before they fell to sin, did Adam and Eve wear anything? At least, the second question, yeah, exactly. The second question, or, or did they at least have anything tangible on? What's the word tangible mean? Something that you can see, something that you can touch. Did they have, did they have anything tangible on? The answer is, of course, no. But the Bible says that when they fell into sin, their eyes were open. Question number two, or number three. Before they fell into sin, were Adam and Eve's eyes closed? (laughs) That they could not see that they were naked? And last question, when is this thing gonna end so I can go get some lunch? (laughs) All right. So, of course, he's talking about something different here. So, again... Let everyone be uh, be convinced by and by his own mind. But so I'm just going to throw I'm just going to throw out some verse, verses out there and see if uh, if it fits. Let's see if the Bible fits. Amen. First Corinthians chapter number fifteen, verse thirty nine to forty one. The Bible says, "All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts." another of fishes, and another of birds. Now, watch. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. So, of course, terrestrial bodies, that means terra, meaning something that has to pertain to land or earth. This, what we have right here right now, terrestrial bodies or earthly bodies. And then celestial meaning heavenly, heavenly bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars for one star differeth differeth from another star in glory. So notice what kind of bodies the Bible say. So there's celestial bodies and terrestrial or earthly bodies. We're just going to make it easier and call it heavenly and earthly bodies. Is that okay? For the earthly bodies, he did not give an example because it's pretty, it's pretty simple. That's what we have right now. That's the flesh. But for heavenly bodies, for celestial bodies, he gave three examples. Number one, the sun. Number two, the moon. And number three, the stars. Right? Now, if you did not fall asleep in your science class, <laughs> like I did, You would know that the sun is also a a type Is also a star Correct? So Before we go forward Let me submit to you That in the Bible The Lord Jesus Christ The capital S-O-N Is always compared to the sun S-U-N Meaning the sun is a type Is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ The capital S-O-N You with me? And the earth, of course, no-brainer, is always the picture, a picture of the world. Now, what about us, the saved people? Before there, before that, and you, you talked about this earlier in, in uh, the book of Revelation, Brother Bill. In the book of Revelation, there's a city called the New Jerusalem. And in, the, in that time, during that time, the, the, the New Jerusalem, the city, verse number 23, had no need of the sun neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So we talk about heavenly bodies earlier. We talk, about the Lord, uh, we talk about the sun, and the sun, S-U-N, always being a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we have a verse in the book of Revelation that in the end times, in the new Jerusalem, that it's not gonna need a S-U-N sun at all because the Lord Jesus Christ is so bright, that he's going to be the light of that city. Can you think of another example when the Lord Jesus Christ shone really bright? In the Mount of Transfiguration, amen. Matthew chapter number 17, verse one to two. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter and, uh, and James and John, his brother, and bringeth them up. No, I'm seeing what the Well, now I'm seeing what the challenge is with the with the light up there. I can't see the clock. It's not my fault if we go through. <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking around. All right. Anyway, uh, so uh, so Jesus took Peter, James and John and brought them up in to a high mountain apart and was transfigured before them. Watch this. And his face did what? Shine! How bright do you think? As the sun and his raiment, here's what I want to talk about. His raiment was white as the light. Which brings me to this verse, Psalm 104, verse 1 to 2, and I think you see where I'm going to. Could it be? Could it be? Oh, Brother Richard, thank you very much. This is such a timely, timely timely illustration could it be that yes they were naked literally they didn't have anything tangible on but could it be that before the fall they could not see they were naked because they shone they had light as their garment could it be well how could they not see that they were naked if they were light if they if they were lighting up Well, just as whenever I look into that light for a long time and I look into your faces, I just see white spots. I can't see it. I can't see you. Could it be that that's the answer? Hmm. You guys are so excited this morning. (laughs) There's a reason why we're talking about this, actually one hundred four verse one to two in the book of Psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great, thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Who coverest thyself with light as with a garment? Who stretchest out the heavens like a curtain? So this verse says that God uses light. He covers, he covers himself with light like a garment. It's like clothes to him. It's like a coat to him. Praise God. Could it be that that's the answer why Adam and Eve could not see that they were naked? And then all of a sudden when they fell into sin, (coughs) it's gone, the light. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 verse 48 to 49 says, As is the earthly, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Watch this. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, right now, what we have are earthy, our earthly bodies. While we are here, the Bible says to all that are saved right now, so we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. It does not, the world does not see it right now. The world does not see us shining right now. The world does not see us illuminated right now. But hey, guess what? If you're saved, God, the eyes of, in the eyes of God. So it still has to do with our standing in our state. Our state, the Bible, the, the people, even ourselves, we see ourselves not shining at all. But in the eyes of God, there's that light in our hearts that He shone into our hearts. Let's look into that verse in uh, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Are we making a connection right now? Pretty understandable. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. And praise God, that's not by, by God's grace and however long he'll allow it. While we're here, well, Brother Bill also, I'm sure he, he, he agrees with that. What we're preaching is not ourselves or not another Jesus, it's we, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, Amen. for Jesus' sake. For God who, watch this, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness had shined where? In our hearts. Do men see it? Not so much. Not so. Do we see it sometimes? No. Sometimes I don't feel saved. The Bible does not say, whosoever believe it in him shall feel saved. It says, shall be saved. Amen. Sometimes we don't feel it, but God said our standing is, whoa, wait a second. You may not see it in your state, but in your standing You have that light shining in your hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's what we see. That's what the world sees. That's our state. Earthly vessels. But what God sees is the treasure inside that earthly vessel. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So, Adam and Eve wore a garment of light before the fall, and then it disappeared when they fell into sin. God made them a garment of skin. Remember that? God made them a garment of skin and killed a lamb. Why? Because blood needed to be shed to cover them, to cover their nakedness. Even if we aren't literally wearing a garment of light, right now, our job, watch this, Again, if you are like me and you slept through your science class, (laughs) I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this. You probably can. I'm sure you can. The sun—that's why it's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ—is because it produces its own light. Question: Does the moon produce its own light? No. It reflects the light of what? The sun to the earth and us. As Christians, while our state is we don't produce our own light, God says, hey, I'm shining my light into your life. And what you need to do is reflect the light of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world. Amen. Hey, sometimes, sometimes there are things called lunar eclipses. When the world is between the moon and the sun. And the moon becomes darkened by the shadow of the world. That's not what we, where we want to be, amen. We want to shine God's light to the world. Still with me? No? <laughs> all right. We still have a few minutes over here. Uh, I, again, we're not gonna be able to finish this, but that's all right. Um, back to the difference of the standing and state of the believer. This is what we talked about last week. Standing has to do, our standing has to do with what God sees, meaning who we are. Our state, however, it has to do with what man sees, meaning what we do. And then we left out with all things are lawful when it comes to our standing, meaning whatever we do, it cannot take away our salvation. Praise God. wait a second, time out, Brother Francis. You mean to tell me, even if I do the wickedest, most horrible thing that I can do, that's not gonna take away my salvation? The answer is, if you really are saved, praise God, you're not gonna lose your salvation. Why? Because you didn't have to work to have to do anything about it anyway, or to earn it anyway. If you didn't work to, to earn it, you don't have to, you can't, no amount of work can make you lose it. And that's what we've been talking about. We'll talk about that here later on. And then uh, our state has to do with all things are not expedient. Is it true that no matter what kind of sin you do, it's not going to make you lose your salvation? Yes, that's the true. Is it wise to do sin? No. Is it expedient to do it? No. So that's what we were talking about. And we were in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 9 to 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall... There's a, there's a lot of pastors fall into that, extortioners. <laughs> nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I, I'm just joking around. Next verse. And such, praise God for this word, this, this verse. And such were some of you, but ye are. So that was past ends. All those bad things in the previous verse, past ends. But ye are washed. Praise God for that verse. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought unto the power of any. So... Like I, this is the reason why I said it's probably going to be downhill from the beginning there, but I just wanted to make a quick note here, and it's going to be quick because we have a few minutes left here, and this is where we're going to be ending, uh, and we'll we'll have a part three next Sunday. Just wanted to make a note on what we talked about last week on the term effeminate." If I can really, I just want I, if I can i I wish. I can, but I can't. Does that make sense? (laughs) (laughs) Meaning, (laughs) that's funny, meaning, I don't want to deal, I don't want to have to deal with this, but it's in the Bible, so we cannot water it down, is what I'm trying to say, and we can't go around it, is what I'm trying to say, right? Right? So just a quick, ter- quick note on that term, effeminate. Men, if you are effeminate, the Bible says it is unrighteous. That's what the Bible says. We read it. You read it uh, with your own eyes. Amen. The Bible says it is unrighteous. So clearly that goes beyond the question of homosexuality and sodomy. We've talked about that last week. That does not mean that I am better than you. That is as much sin as telling a lie, and these both will send anyone to hell unless they trust in the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ, right? One of the biggest things I cannot understand is that how can anyone ask anyone to accept them for who they are when they couldn't accept themselves for what God made them to be? I cannot understand that, but never mind that. That's between them and God. The problem is this. There are two things that are put in question here. Number one, the infallibility of God, because if God made a mistake by putting someone in the wrong body, what else can he be wrong with? Number two, the authority of the Bible. Because if God made a mistake by putting someone in the wrong body, what else in his words did he make a mistake on? I'll give you an illustration, then we're done. When I was a freshman in high school, my English teacher, by the name of Mrs. Javier, she was Filipina, wielded a yardstick like a samurai. She was really strict. She made sure our subject-verb verb agreement was on point. She made sure our, noun, our pronoun and antecedents were on point. I can remember, and you probably can remember this too. I don't know if they're doing this in, their school, in schools right now, but I can remember standing in the chalkboard diagramming sentences. Have you done that? Do you remember diagramming sentences? Oh man, what a pain. What? Subject, transitive verb, indirect object, object of, you know, objective complement, direct object, stuff like that. She actually told me one time, I'd like to say that she told the whole class this, but I have a sneaking suspicion she was aiming this at me. <laughs> she said, Mr. Simeon, and that's why I have, I'm suspecting that she's talking to me. <laughs> Mr. Simeon, I have been under the knife before, and we'll go back to that because I didn't know what being under the knife was. I have been under the knife before, but nothing pains me more than the way you speak English. And I think probably to this day, that's how she feels. But I took that to heart because I thought back then that being under the knife is that somebody stabbed her like when she was being mugged. I didn't know back then that 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 meant that she, she had an operation or surgery, right? So, um, I said all that to say, now, you know, praise God, I graduated with my English, passing passing my English class. But now that I'm here, all of a sudden, we got people saying, hey, listen, my pronouns are this, this, and that. No, 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 no. It was hard to learn the language. I'm gonna stick with the right way that I learned it. Amen. Amen. Are you there? The next most logical question that arise, if we apply uh, you know, the, the next most logical question that arises if we apply our humanistic logic and worldview into the study of God's words is, well, what's so bad about being feminine or effeminate? Nothing. If you're a female, matter of fact, it's wonderful. What's wrong is if you are feminine when God made you masculine. So I, I think the I think this is how we're gonna close it tonight. To, not tonight today. Um. I think you can see the importance of God's words, and how, as a believer. There is no getting around it. What it says is important. Some people say, so, uh, I, I mentioned this last time. Um, it's not the words that's important. It's the meaning of the words. I was teaching in a, in a seminary in Manila. Manila they said that it's not the words that's important it's the meaning of the words and then i told them well by all means please let me know what you mean without using words (laughs) that's impossible how do we know what god means by focusing on what god says how do we know what god says by focusing on the words And that's why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. He didn't say, but by every meaning. He didn't say, but by every sentence. He says, by every word. And by the grace of the living God, our prayer is for 2021, that our church will focus more into the words of God Learn about it. Sometimes it's going to be exciting. Sometimes it's going to be kind of hard to palate. Sometimes it's going to be hard to receive. But that's what is needful. Amen. That's what's needful. Let's pray. Lord, um, we pray, dear God, we barely uh, touched what we were talking about last week about the standing in the state of the believer. But we pray that you would help us um, understand What's going on around us. It's certainly if I if I sort of was out of bounds by talking about politics or something like that, I certainly didn't mean to. But I do believe that the Bible is here for us to know how to live in this world and how you want us to live. Um, So. I'm just going to say, Lord, please do with this message what you want to do with it. Please, please teach each and every single one of us what you want to teach each and every one of us. Lord, please give everyone a wonderful week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.